So we're up to Daf Yud Aleph Amid Beis Amar Amemar, the last four words on the page. So just to remind us what's going on, we had a Shaila in the in the Tanoim, as Machlegas Tanoim. If I give a get, if I get an emancipation document to a Shliach to deliver to the Eved, can he be Mezakit for the Eved? So it's Machlegas Rameir and the Chachamim, whether being free is a Schos or a Chayv, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Fine. That led us into the discussion of whether Taifis of Achayv, Makrushachav and whether it works. What that means is very simple. A creditor has the right to grab what's owed to him, so he can go and take the money that's owed to him. The question is can I be Taifis for a friend without being a Shliach of his? Can I just be Taifis for him when it's to the detriment of other people? So let's say there's a thousand dollar item. I want to grab it for Adam because Adam's owed a thousand dollars, but he also owes Alicia a thousand dollars. By me grabbing it for Adam, I'm being toifes about Chayiv, but it's affecting other people. So the question is, does that work? So we had a Shiloh, Rav Yechon said no. So the Gemara said, we think it's totally in the Machlekes, Tanoim, Revelaz, and the Rabban. What's the Machlekes? The Machlekes is you have a wealthy guy that goes into a field, sees Peya, picks up the Peya, which is meant for poor people, having in mind a specific poor person. So the question is, does it work? So it's very similar. You're being typhus, money that's owed to this person, this poor person, but it's detriment of other poor people. So it's a machlaikis, whether it works. So, oh, so you see, it's a pretty clear machlaikis, whether typhus of achayim, that seems to be the machlaikis. So in general, it's machlaikis tanayim. But which case? Well, if I go into a poor person's field, I pick up the paya. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, regular field, I pick up the pay. I'm a wealthy person, I go into a, a person's field, I pick up the pay, which is meant for poor people, and I have in mind this specific poor person, I want to mezak it for him. So I'm typhus for him, not as a shliach of his, but I just, I pick it up, I have in mind to acquire it for him, but it's due to the detriment of other poor people. So the machlaik is tanoim, whether it works. So it seems to be the machlaik. So the Gemara says, no. Perhaps it's not, the machlaik is not related. Why? The Gemara says, first of all, it's unrelated. I'll tell you what. Rav Eliezer says that it works, that you can do this, that you can go in and pick up the, 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 the paya for a poor person. So you see that he would hold that it works by other cases of debt collection. The answer is, it's not necessarily true. Why? If I... Can I acquire, as a wealthy person, can I acquire the poor person's stuff for myself? Well, no, because you're wealthy. That's not really true, because if I wanted to, I could be mafker all of my nechassim in front of three people and acquire it. And you even see this, Bishama and Bishil talk about this. There are concepts where that could be applicable. So because it, it's something that conceptually could be for me, I understand why I could be mezakit for others. But going to a debt that I'm not owed at all, who says that I would do it? Meaning, just because Rav Eliezer holds that I could pick up paya for a poor person due to the detriment of others, even though he holds that way, it does not necessarily mean that he would hold that I can go into your house, take money that's owed to Adam, and, and have in mind if it hurts Alicia. I, I, not necessarily true. Why? What's the difference? The difference is, by paya, while I'm wealthy now, but because I could make myself poor, I could make it for me. So because it's possible for it to acquire for me, I could acquire for others. There's no way that I can make that for myself. No, but you know what I mean? There's no way that I could acquire that debt for myself. There's no way. The only question is, can I just do it for you? But you're going to apply it to Peya, but Peya, at least, you might have a shaykhis. It's possible to make it a shaykhis. You come to me and apply the debt for me, 
True, but over there I have to do no active transaction. I have to do nothing in order to make. No, but I'm saying, but my point is, I don't have to. I don't have to have the money to. It's it's within my hands right now. I could be mafker it. So because I could be mafker and I could acquire it for myself. So then it's not exactly the same. Another answer of why it's not the same. Vad kan lekami rabbanu hasam. The answer is also the Rabbana, right? The Rabbana hold that it doesn't work by a poor person. So you would assume it wouldn't work by other debt collection. The answer is not necessarily true. Why? The Rabbana have a Pasuk that it doesn't work by an Ani. Meaning, it could be in general, you could be Typhus of Why do the Rabbana hold that it doesn't work by Peah? Because there's a specific Pasuk that says not like that. What's the Pasuk? The Pasuk says, You shall not acquire it for the, you should not gather it for the Ani. There's a specific Pasuk saying, that the Ani has to take it himself. You cannot do it for him. So you're going to bring a riot to other things? This is a special. Meaning, in general, would work according to the Rabbana, but this is a special. Okay. Now, what is Avliezer who holds that you could acquire for the Ani? What does he do with this Pasuk? This Pasuk seems to say, you shall not gather it for a poor person. That, that, that seems to say that it doesn't work. So, how does Avliezer hold that it does work? The answer is. That pasuk of the says is not what you think it is. You think this pasuk is telling me I cannot acquire it as a wealthy person for a poor person. That's not what the pasuk is saying. The pasuk is telling you that a poor person has to leave paya. Meaning, it's not referring to this case of a wealthy person picking up the paya for a poor person. And it's not outlawing that. What is the pasuk outlawing? The pasuk is outlawing the following case. What if I am a poor person who has a field? So I'm going to say, what do I need paya for? I'll just I'll keep it myself. The answer is, no, 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 you are not allowed to gather it for a poor person, meaning you have to leave it. You can't, you can't just say, well, I'm poor, I'll keep it to myself. The Pasuk requires that you have to leave Peah. So according to Revelyezer, the Pasuk is not referring to this case at all. The Pasuk is just, I'm telling you, a poor person has to leave Peah. Oh, poor, poor yeah. Well, he has to leave it and has to be a, as, as much of an option for everyone else. He can't just say, well... He, he, other people have to be able to say, listen, if he gets there fast enough, maybe, then he could keep it. But he can't just say, uh, well, it's my field, so I'm cutting it automatically. No, no, it doesn't work like that. You have to it, You have to go through the process of paying. If you happen to get there, okay, he's man. Well, he has a field. He's got he a field. A field right? So it's not that bad. More than me, I don't have a field. So it's pretty good. He's got real estate. I'm saying, I don't know. That's, that's, that's fine. He's got a field. So he's not an Evian. He's high and pay. He's got a field. So... Okay, so now here from here until the end of the daf, the Gemara is going to be dealing with the following Shiloh. This is important to realize. Rav Meir and the Chachamim argued about whether it's better to be a slave, to be a Kanani slave, or a free Jew. The Rav Meir felt it's better to be a slave, and therefore making him free is a chayv. Rabbanon say, no, it's better to be a free Jew, and therefore it's a schos. The two areas of contention... Rav Meir felt it's better to be a slave. Why? So Rav Meir said, because when you make him free, you don't have to, you're not paying him anymore. Right? He, he, was, his, he was all expensive paid. He was fed and he was being paid. So the Rabbanon's response to that is, the Rabbanon said the following. Um, the Rabbanon said, Im avdei rashai. You don't have to pay, you don't have to feed a slave. I could have the slave work for me and never feed him. So rather be a free man and not be fed than a poor man, uh, uh, rather be a free man and not be fed, than a slave and not be fed. Meaning you're assuming that you're required to take care financially of your slaves. No, you don't. You don't have to. 
as Avdei Rashi, Shalazen is Yisrael and Rashi. He came to the fear wife, so therefore being divorced is definitely worse for her because once she's married, she's being taken care of food-wise. When she's divorced, she's not. So it's definite. Everyone agrees that being divorced is a chayv, but being free, but why is it a chayv? You're going to say, so says her mayor, because he was being supported financially. So I said, well, he doesn't have to be. So have care and nichale, is that enough to make it that it's a chayv? I think that that was one opinion. I think that that would, I think that that's not according to the Rabbanon. I think that that's Rameir. I don't think it's here. I have to find it inside, but I think that's the, yeah. But the point is over here, so so this is the contention. Rav Meir clearly says, you're able to have a slave work for you and you give him nothing. Not just that, you get his his uh, his earnings. Meaning a slave goes to the job, he's got a job, and he's working and he's making $5 an hour. You get everything because he's a slave. You get that. And you don't have to feed him. That's what Rav Meir says. That, 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 that's what the Rabbanon say very clearly to Rav Meir. Huh? That's if that happens, that happens. If it, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm being recorded. But yes, conceptually, if that were to happen, whatever that that doesn't you're over an iser, okay. But he doesn't go free. So Rameir's point is, Rameir. No, the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon say that unlike a wife who you have to support, you don't have to support a slave. So the Gemara. This is going to be a discussion to to the end of the daf. Is that true? Can you make a slave work? And keep his earnings without feeding him halachically. Does that work? So the Gemara says, Shamamina, you see from this sugya, Yochal Harav that a, a master can say to a non-Jewish slave, Asay imi, work for me, ve'ni zancha. I'm not, I'm not feeding you. That works halachically. That's a, a halachic acceptable thing, and we're not going to make him free the slave because of this. That's what you see from the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, no. The answer is no. When the Mishnah says you don't have to feed him, it doesn't mean you don't have to feed him. You, you have to feed him. So what, what Mishnah says you don't have to. The answer is the Mishnah is talking about a case where you tell him, keep your earnings as your feed. Meaning, you have to give him something. You either have to feed him, or you could say, keep your earnings. You make money, and keep your earnings. And that's, that's, that's a replacement. So that means, it's still, so one second. So what's the difference between a slave and a woman? It says a wife you have to feed. A slave, you don't have to feed. But now we're saying even a slave, you have to feed. We're just saying by a slave, you could say keep your earnings. A wife, you can't even say keep your earnings. Why not? What's the difference there? Right? There's a difference between a wife and a slave. So we thought at first, is that a slave, you have to, a wife, you have to feed, a slave, you don't. The answer is no, no, no. You have to feed a slave too. You could just do it by saying keep your earnings as your, as your, as your, uh, as your food allotment. A woman, you can't do that. Why not? Why can't I tell, why can't someone tell his wife, I'm not going to give you $100 a week for food. You have a job. Keep your job. Is it, well, why, what's, the, what's the discrepancy between a woman and a slave now? So the Gemara says, So go by a woman. So by a woman, you're saying that you told her to keep the earnings. So why, why does that not work? I mean, the Mishnah is saying that it's worse, that, that there's a difference in halacha between a married woman and a slave, in that a married woman has to be supported, a slave not. So now we're saying even a slave you have to feed, but you just can do it by saying, keep your earnings. But a woman, you can't do that. Why not? The answer is, we're talking about a case where her earnings are not enough. She needs $100 a week for food, and she's only making 70 So the Mishnah is saying, you cannot tell her, I said keep your earnings. No, you have to, you have to supplement to make it work. But a slave, you don't. So that's the key. A slave, you can say keep your earnings, and if he doesn't make enough for him to survive, sorry. But a woman, you can't get away with that. 
So the Gemara says, so why is it that you can get away with a slave? One second. So you're telling me that by, by an Evan you have to feed him, but you don't have to actually give him food money. You could say keep your earnings. A woman, you could do that also, but if a woman doesn't make enough from her earnings, you have to supplement. But a slave, not. Why not? So the answer is, says the Gemara, if a slave can't feed his own stomach, what is he doing for? Meaning, you're telling the woman, keep your earnings as your feed. She's not making enough. So you have to supplement. Why? Because her job in life is not to feed herself. It's not like when you got married, it was, I, I thought she could feed herself. That's not, that's not, so she can't make enough. Okay, fine. The slave, if he can't make enough during the week to feed himself, then what do I need him for? Then he's clearly not a very productive slave. So it says the Mishnah really like this. You don't, don't learn from the Mishnah that you don't have to feed a slave. It could be you do have to feed a slave. You could just do it by saying keep your earnings. And if he doesn't make enough, okay, that's his problem. Fine. So that's the so still there's a Shaila of whether it's Kedai to be free or not. But it's not as clear as it was before. You see, before it was that the Rabbanon said it's better for him to be free because he doesn't have to be fed at all. It's, it's not that he doesn't have to be fed. It's that he could be told keep your earnings as your feed. It may not be enough, but it's a little bit less clear. Fine. So we're going to continue going weiter. Can a master tell a non-Jewish slave, you're going to work for me and I'm not feeding you at all? So we thought at first, yes, but then we rejected and say, no, you have to feed him by saying keep your earnings. We're going to go weiter. We have about five or six proofs back and forth. The Gemara says like this. Um, Okay, Tashima. Evid Shigola or Miklo. Let's say you have an Evid, a non Jewish slave who killed someone accidentally, so he has to run to the city of refuge. Ein Rabbi The master does not have to send him any food, meaning he's not feeding him at all. Not only is he not being fed, but his earnings go to his master. So that's pretty clear. He's working. He's not keeping the earnings and he's not being fed. So you see that you could have a slave work for you and not feed him. Shmamina. It's pretty clear. So the Gemara says, no. We're talking about a case. No. Really, you have to feed him. And he just said, keep your earnings. Meaning, the case where the, the Evid goes to Ari Miklot is Dafka where you have to feed him somewhat. It says, it says you don't have to feed him. It means, you could say, keep your earnings. Okay. Wait a minute. So again, you're telling him, keep your earnings. But the Mishnah said, the earnings go to the master. I thought you said, keep your earnings. So the answer is, lahadafa. What it means is like this. Let's say the slave needs $100 to survive. You tell him, keep your earnings. The first 100 he gets, anything above that he sends out to the master. That's the point of the Mishnah. That's the Chiddush. Let me ask you a question. Is that such a Chiddush? Is that such a Chiddush that, that he doesn't get to keep pocket change? He's, he needs $100 to survive. He's making 150 So the basic point of the mission is the 50 he sends out. Uh, yeah, that's, he's a slave. That's what slave... Yeah, he's not making a 401k. I, yeah, that's a slave. Like, what's the Kiddush? So the Gemara says, You might think that he's making a deal with the master. You don't have to feed me at all. I get to keep my earnings. If it's not enough, I won't ask you for some. But if it's more than enough, I get to keep it. You might think that that's the deal, like that he's making the deal with the master. Don't give me any food money. I just have my earnings. And it's like a gamble. If I don't make enough, great. If I make more than enough, I get to keep it. Kamash no. You make up to what you need and then above that you have to send out. Is the door open? The, the, the schmuzen? Okay, fine. That's fine. So let me ask you a question. So the whole point of the Mishnah 
So in summation, the Mishnah said that if you have a slave that, that killed someone accidentally, he goes to Ari Miklat, the master doesn't have to feed him, but what that means is he, has to, he says to him, keep your earnings. And the point is, anything that he makes above that, he sends out. Okay, I think it makes sense. Why does he have to be an Ari Miklat? Right, what, what about that is special to Ari Miklat? I just told you a basic concept, which is that if you tell a slave, keep your earnings as your feed, if he makes above that, he has to send it out to the master. Why does it have to be an Ari Miklat? Like, why is that an unnecessary fact? So the Gemara says, so, why does he have to be an Ari Miklat? You might think that because the Pasuk says that if you go to Ari Miklat, he's going to live there. You might think you have to be kind to him and let him keep above because he's living away from the master. You might think that like he should get more than the average slave. No, Kamash Mulan. He has the same status as every other slave, which is that you either feed him or tell him to keep his earnings. And if he makes above his earnings, he has to ship it out. Okay. So we don't have a proof of whether you could make a slave work without feeding him. Weiter. So you're telling me the case of this Mishnah, this is important, this Brisa? Uh, Brisa. You're telling me this case of this Brisa where he's going to Ari Miklat, which again, on a surface level, seemed like you're not feeding him at all. No, it means you're telling him, keep your earnings. The problem is, let's finish that Brisa. It's a very long Brisa. But the first part of the Brisa is what we saw, which is that the slave goes to Ari Miklat. At first we thought it means you don't have to feed him at all, and now we're saying no. You have to tell him he could keep his earnings. You have to give him something, either food money or to let him keep his earnings. Keep going with the Brisa. The Brisa then discusses a wife and the differences between a slave and a wife who goes to Ari Miklat. So then it says like this, Hamid Zani Seif, let's go to the end of the Brisa. Aval Isha, a wife, Shagos Ari Miklat, that goes to Ari Miklat. The husband has to support her. Michlal, Deloy Omerla, Diomerla Baila, Mechayev. Wait a minute, you're telling me, it sounds like there's a difference between a slave and a wife. It sounds like by a slave you don't have to feed, and a wife you do. But now you're telling me that by a slave you have to feed, or you just have to say, keep your earnings. So what's the difference between a slave and a wife? And the Gemara says, The answer is like this, this is the case. Both the wife and the slave you have to feed. How so? You tell them, keep your earnings. The difference is, the slave and the wife are not earning enough to feed themselves. The wife, you have to supplement. The slave, you don't. That's the difference between a slave and a wife. So when it says that a slave is on his own and a wife is not, it means both of them, you have to say, keep your earnings, but both are not making enough to supplement themselves. The wife, you have to supplement the payment. The slave, you don't. Okay, wait a minute, keep going. So you're telling me that the first case of the wife is where you told her keep your earnings, it's just not enough. But the second case of the wife is that you said keep your earnings, then it's fine. Which implies the first case where you have to actually support her is where you didn't say keep your keep your earnings. So the Gemara says, no, put the two cases of the wife together. This is how you summarize the entire Brisa. A slave goes into uh, Ari Miklat, you have to support him. How so? You either have to send him food money, or you could say, keep your earnings. Now, if he doesn't make enough, that's his problem. A wife goes into Ari Miklat, you could say, keep your earnings. If it's not enough, you have to supplement. Third case, if she goes to Ari Miklat, and you say, keep your earnings, and it's enough, then you don't have to give her anything. Okay. Let me ask you a question. So you're telling me the last case of the Brisa is, your wife goes to Ari Miklat, she needs $100 a week to survive, she has a job that she's making 150 
And the Chiddush of the Mishnah is, fine. Yeah, it's pretty posh it. Like, you told her to keep her earnings. She's making enough that she could survive. I need the Brysa to tell me that I'm doing nothing wrong as a husband. Why would I? Like, that? that's, so like that now it's not, we thought it was like a Chiddush. We thought at first that you don't have to support your wife, you have to support your wife as opposed to a slave. He's like, no, no, the wife and the slave are the same. The only difference is, in the first case, the wife is not making enough, you have to supplement. And then, if the wife is making enough, you're fine. If she's waking, making enough, then of course it's fine. Why, why should... Well, what, what do you want me to do? I, I have to give her $100 a week. She's making $100 a week, so it's fine. So what's the chiddish now? So the Gemara says, Mespek is my lamember. Then what's the chiddish? You might think that because she's away from home and she's in a foreign city, although she says she can make enough, we should tell her you don't. You, we don't. We're not going to let you work because it's it's uncomfortable. It's not sneeze. It's uncomfortable to make you work. No, a husband can allow her. Meaning, not like women's live. The opposite. You might think that it's not right for the husband to make her work. No, Kamashmalan, the husband could say to her, "Your work, you keep your earnings." I, it's a foreign land, it's a foreign city, and she's not comfortable. He's allowed to do that. That's the chiddush. Okay, so we still do not know if a man can tell his slave, "Work for me, and I'm not paying you." Okay, vayiter. Lemekitanoi. I think it's a machlekes tanoi. What's the machlekes tanoi? Shimli omli A slave can tell the master, "Bishani b'tzur" is during a famine. Now we don't know what the arrangement was. We just know that it's a famine. A slave can tell the master, "Oy parneseni." Either give me food or or free me. Okay. The Chachamim Oymrim Harishus Biad Rabo. And the Chachamim say, no, he can't say that. Okay. So we don't know exactly what the case is, but we know that a slave, according to Rishon Gamliel, a slave during a famine can go to a master and say, either free me or feed me. That's it. And the Chachamim say, no, no, he can't. What, what, what's the case exactly? It must be the cases like this. You're not feeding him, and you're keeping his earnings. Rishim says, "No good. You can't do that. You either have to free him, or feed him." He's against this concept. Actually, he's like a like a slogan. The Chum say, "No. You you can say, work for me, and I'm not giving you." So this Shaila of whether you can tell a slave work for me and I'm not feeding you seems to be a machlekes. Rishim on the Chachamim. So the Gemara says, "My So our Shaila seems to be the machlekes. So the Gemara says like this. I get it, except for two issues. You tell me that Rishim Gamliel, when he says, either feed me or free me, it's talking about a case where I'm not feeding, I'm, I'm not feeding him and I'm taking his earnings. Question, why does he say feed me or free me? He should just say, feed me or support me. Why, why is freeing ever an option? Right? According to Rishim Gamliel, you're not allowed to tell a slave, work for me and I'm not feeding you. So why does a slave get to have the option, either feed me or free me? It should be feed me. That, that should be it's not, it's not it's like why is freeing coming option also why does it have to be a famine it says it was Bishan B'tzair it's a famine why does that be a famine it's in general it's a question is can a master make the slave work without feeding him feeding him so what, 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 is, what does it have to do with a famine so the Gemara says he should say instead of saying feed me or free me it should say feed me or let me keep my uh, earnings right because that's the point. He's not feeding him, and he's keeping the earnings. Something's got to give. Either feed me, or let me have my own earnings. So why is freeing an option? Also, my shana b'shana b'tzur. So why does it have to be a famine? So the Gemara says, no. Hocha <speaking in Hebrew> le'sipik. 
here's the case. You have to feed your slave somehow. You either have to feed him or let him keep his earnings. The case is, you're letting him keep his earnings. But it's a famine, so he's not making enough to survive. The question is, what does a slave do if he's not making enough to survive? Right? He's got to collect money. He's go to the streets. I don't know. Everyone agrees that you're doing enough by letting him keep his earnings. You have to do that, but you can let him keep his earnings. I, he's not making enough, so let him collect. The machlaikis is, would people have rachmanis and give tzedakah to a non-Jewish slave? Rashim Lil says no. <coughs> Therefore, the person is saying, either feed me or free me so that they'll give me tzedakah. The Chum say no, let him collect. They'll have rachmanis on a non-Jewish slave the same way they'll have rachmanis on a Jew. So everyone agrees you have to feed him somehow. And you're giving him, let him keep his earnings. But it's just not enough. The machlaikis is, whether Jews will give tzedakah to non-Jewish slaves. Rishon Malil says, no. And the Chum say, yes. The Gemara says, Rishon Malil Savar, Oy either feed me or let me free so that people will see that I'm Jewish and have Rachmanis and give me tzedakah. The Chum say, no, the same way you'll get tzedakah from, uh, you'll get tzedakah for a Jew, you'll get tzedakah for a non-Jewish slave. Okay. The Gemara says like this. Tashima. Again, we're still looking for sources. Can I uh, make my slave work and not feed him? So Tashima. Amirav. Hamakdish yidei avdoi. Okay. Question is like this. Again, I, I'm he's he's working for me, right? So I get to keep his earnings, right? As a slave, I get to keep his earnings. The question is, do I get to keep his earnings if I don't feed him? If I'm allowed to keep his earnings and not feed him, then the earnings are automatically mine. If I'm not allowed to do that, then they're not mine. Unless I feed him, right? So the Gemara says the following case. The assumption is I'm not feeding my slave, as we'll see. Obviously, you could see why it's going to be rejected in a second. But let's assume we're talking about a case where you don't, you're not feeding your slave. And you're makdish, everything that he does. Everything that he makes is automatically hegdish. I'm not feeding him. Does that work? So that's the Shiloh. If you hold that you're able to make him work and not feed him, so then you're not feeding him, he's working, it's hegdish. If you hold that it doesn't work, then it doesn't, then it's not hegdish, because it's not yours. So this shayla would affect the case of hegdish. The Gemara says, Hamakdish avdoi. You're makdish everything the slave does, it works. Oiseh see here's the problem, it's, it works, it's hegdish. Here's the problem though, how does he ever eat? Right? You're not feeding him. Everything he makes is automatically hegdish. So here's what he's got to do. And he can't work for someone for food because it's automatically hegdish. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like a circular logic. See, he, you're magdish everything, you're not feeding him seemingly, and you're magdish everything that he earns is automatically hegdish. So how does he eat? Because everything you give him belongs to hegdish. Everything he makes belongs to hegdish. So here's what you do. He borrows money, so it's not his. So he borrows $100, I borrow, I'm a slave, I borrow $100 from Alicia. I'm going to use $100 to feed myself. Here's the problem. How do I ever pay him back? Again, I don't own anything. The only thing I could do is I could offer my services. Let's say I'm a, I'm a housekeeper or I, I make shoes, whatever. So I could offer my services. The problem is everything I make is hectish. So how do I ever pay you back? So says the Gemara, and you'll pay him back. Now the Gemara is going to explain on the next Ahmed, the way it works is hegdish is only chal on a pruta. Let's say I prove this 25 cents. I'm going to pay you back in nickel and dime increments. Literally, I'm going to work, and the second you pay me, I get a, I get a dime. So I'm going to work for Adam, 
right? I owe you $100. I have to work for Adam. But if I work, it automatically goes Adam will pay me on dime increments for, by the way, work that is worth a dime. Like you can't just do, you can't just do like you, you work and you're owed $1,000 and you pay me in dime increments. No, I work and every time I've done value that's worth a Shavapruta, you give to me. Hegdish is not chal on a Shavapruta and then I pay it back to Lush. That's what you have to say. Because automatically you acquire it, it goes to the master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here's the deal. So you see though that the Hegdish works. We assume we're talking about a case where you're not feeding him because it says he's borrowing money for food, which means you're not feeding him. You're not feeding him. You are makdish his earnings, and it works. Why? Because it's yours. Then why can't he just... Because it automatically... No, because then he won't... It goes to the master. The only way he could pay back his own debt is through working. But the point is, you see for me, you're not feeding him, seemingly, because that's why it says uh, that's why it says he's borrowing money for food, which means he's not feeding him. And he's working, and the work you own, it's Hegdish. So you see that you could work and you don't have to pay. So the Gemara says, The case is where you're actually feeding him. You're feeding him. So wait a minute, so why is he borrowing money for food if I'm feeding him? Yehachi, I'm Lamai, go to the next page, Lamai Loibavaicho. So why is he borrowing money if I'm feeding him? The answer is Lahadafa. He's borrowing for extra. He needs a little uh, he needs a little extra snacks. Like I'm definitely feeding him enough. So why is he borrowing? He's borrowing for extra earnings. He needs a little like uh, you know, a little extra. I'm giving him enough food to survive, but he'd like a little snacks and he wants to feel comfortable. Here's a Shiloh. Can I see? I'm not going to get too too much in the weeds. Again, I, I'm the slave. Yeah, my father is the slave master, which it feels like no. And then he and and he and he gives me. He's feeding me. At first, we thought he wasn't feeding me, but he made it that everything I work goes to Hegdish. Okay, he's he's feeding me a hundred dollars a week, which is what I need. But I'd like a hundred and fifty to make him feel a little more comfortable. I get some snacks. I get so I borrow from Alicia fifty bucks. Okay. Now I have to pay it off. Problem is I can't just work, so what I have to do is I have to work by Adam, or even by Alicia, but I have to work in increments of Pachas Meshavapruta so that I don't, so that I kind of mess over Hegdish, right? Who's getting messed over here? Hegdishes, right? Because everything I earn should go to Hegdish. But because I borrowed money, I am now having $50 due to this loophole, not go to Hegdish. And all of this is so that I have extra snack money? Doesn't it make, like, listen, if you told me that I wasn't being fed at all, I get playing a loophole to mess over Hegdish so that I could not die. But if you're telling me I have enough to survive, I'd like 50 bucks for snacks. And who's getting messed up here? Hegdish. Because the $50 of work, which should automatically go to Hegdish, is now going to Alicia due to a loophole of paying him less than a Shavapruta. So I'm, I'm sort of messing over Hegdish for snack money. So that's kind of strange. So the Gemara says, Why doesn't Hegdish say, You can make by without snacks. Like, why are we letting him have this loophole, which is messing over Hegdish, for, like, comfort? So the answer is, Hegdish The answer is, Hegdish is happy with this. I'll tell you why. A happy slave will make more money. Yes, the first 50 bucks that I'm working, I'll pay off Alicia. I understand that. But do you know how much more productive I'm going to be over the whole week? A lot more than 50 bucks. It's like, it's the, it's the concept of like a boss giving 
a hundred dollar uh, a pay uh, you know a little bonus you say it doesn't make sense they're willing to work without it the boss doesn't do it because he's a tzaddik. He does it because he knows that them knowing they're getting a $100 bonus, they're going to put in $1,000 of more productivity. So the answer is, Hegdish is happy for me to have the first $50 of my work go to Alicia because throughout the whole week, I'm happy because of my snacks. I'll make an extra $10,000 of labor the rest of the day. Whatever I'm doing, I'm making shoes the rest of the day. Yes, the first 50 will go, and Hegdish will lose out the first 50 but big picture, they're making a lot more knowing that the slave is happy and he has snacks and he feels good about himself and he feels strong. He'll make a lot more money throughout the week. Okay, now the Gemara just speaks out what I said before, which is how does he pay off the debt? Because the second he works, it automatically is. I mentioned the Pachas of this. The Gemara says, Everything he works automatically go to Hegdish. The answer is, Pachim Shava Pruta. Okay, so, so just ending of this discussion, we're almost done this discussion. We had a, a Shaila, we're trying to find a proof that a slave can work without feeding him. The case is, you have a slave working, seemingly he's not being fed, I as the owner am makdish everything he does, the hegdish takes effect. So we said, oh, so you see, you're not feeding him, and the hegdish takes effect, so that means that his earnings go to you even when you're not feeding him. The answer is no, you're feeding him, and um, why is he borrowing money? Just for snacks, but you are feeding him. And that's why the hegdish takes effect. Exactly. And if you weren't feeding him, the Hegdish would not take effect. Meaning, if you don't feed your slave, then his earnings he gets to keep. I'll prove it to you. Who is the one who said this halacha, that if you are makdish his earnings, it's Hegdish? And again, we're interpreting it, it's dafka where, where you're feeding him. That was Rav. The truth is, Rav said another statement, that if you're makdish a slave's earnings, it doesn't take effect. So it's a straight-up contradiction. Rav once time said Hegdish takes effect, and one time he doesn't. The answer is very simple. In the case where you're feeding him, then you get his earnings, it takes effect. When you're not feeding him, it doesn't take effect. That's how you explain the contradiction. If you hold, though, that you never have to feed him, then it's just a straight-up contradiction without an explanation. So says the Gemara, now it makes sense that Rav is only okay with the Hegdish taking effect when you feed him, but had you not fed him, the Hegdish would not take effect. That's how you explain the contradiction in Rav. Because Rav also said, if you're Magdish, the works of your slave, he could continue working. Hegdish doesn't take effect. Why? Because if he doesn't work, he's going to die. So you have in one case, Rav says that the Hegdish takes effect and he has to borrow and pay off Pachas Meshavah Pruta. Another statement, Rav says it doesn't take effect. So how do you reconcile those two things? The answer is, are you feeding him? If you're feeding him, Hegdish takes effect. If you're not feeding him, it doesn't take effect. Perfect. But if you hold that you don't have to feed him and the Hegdish will take effect, that you get his earnings, then how do you explain the contradiction? There's no way to explain it. So the Gemara says, If you say that there's a difference between feeding him or not, meaning that if you feed him, then you get his earnings. And if not, you don't. That's how you could explain the contradiction. But if you hold that in both cases you don't have to feed him, then how do you explain the contradiction? So you see from here that you cannot make a slave work. You have to feed him. And that's why the Hegdish takes effect, because you do, you are feeding him. Had you not fed him, you don't get his earnings, and the Hegdish would not take effect. That's you see from Rav. One more proof, and then we'll end this discussion. Tashima, Om Rav Yechanan. Rav Yechanan says, If I cut off the arm of someone else's slave, so Adam has a non-Jewish slave, I cut off his arm. So what do I have to pay? And who gets the money? 
So it says the Gemara, You have refuah, which is the medical expenses, and shiftai is paying for loss of labor. It's basically his earnings. His trans- it's replacing his earnings. The earnings and the medical bills go to Adam. Okay, so the slave doesn't get any of that. Now, by the way, two problems. First of all, the medical bills, doesn't he kind of need it to pay off the medical expenses? Like that, that... Like, I get that the master should get everything, but, like, he's got to pay off the medical expenses. We'll put that aside. But the first one is his earnings. Replacement of his earnings go to the master. And who feeds that, that slave? Tzedakah. Oh, I'm not feeding him, and I'm getting his earnings. He's going to Tzedakah. So you see, Shmamina. So the Gemara says, no, the same answer, which is, The answer is, No, the case is where he's actually, uh, he's, you're feeding him. So really, you're feeding him. You get his earnings. So when it says, I, it says he goes to tzedakah. Tzedakah is for the additional snacks. The Gemara says, um, If you're actually feeding him, why is he taking money from tzedakah? The extra snacks. The answer is the Lushan doesn't work. Nizain from tzedakah implies fed food to survive. If you're telling me it's extra snacks, extra living money, it's misparnes. It's a different lashon. So shema mina, you see from here, yachol shema mina. So you see from here, end of the discussion, that you are able to make him work, even not feeding him. That's the point. He's fed from tzedakah, you're not feeding him, and you get his earnings as a replacement from his labor. So you see that you can do that, shema mina, end of discussion. Now, the Gemara just has a shayla. Only if the master does. That's a good answer. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, the master has to do it. Now here's the shaila though. The shaila is, you're telling me that forget about the labor, medical expenses. I cut off a slave's arm. I pay the medical expenses to his master. Doesn't the slave need the medical expenses to pay the doctor? Like we can't be stupid about this. Like you're giving. He has a hundred thousand dollars in medical expenses. You're giving a hundred thousand dollars to the master, and the master gives him nothing. That doesn't sound like a good system. So the Gemara says, The Rabbi says, The Chiddush is the medical expenses. Doesn't the slave need the medical expenses to pay off the medical bills? The answer is, which I'm sure happens all the time, the case is where the original doctor said it's going to cost $100,000. But the doctors figured out that they actually, act, they actually can do it in, in $70,000. So it's $30,000 in excess. The excess money goes to, meaning there's $100,000 in medical bills, but, but, they're, but they're able to do it quicker, meaning they thought it would take five days in the hospital, but they're actually able to heal them in three. So you still have to pay $100,000, because he still has to pay $100,000, because that's what the medical expenses are, which is a chiddush, which is a chiddush. Like you, don't, you have to pay what they thought it would be, even though he was able to figure it out quicker. Okay. The question is, who gets the excess $30,000? I mean, the $70,000, you got to pay the medical expenses. The excess $30,000, that's like, like found money, that goes to the master. The case, says, the case is, the doctors originally thought it would take five days in the hospital, but they found this strong medicine, and he got healed in three days. Medical, it was a miracle. It should cost $100,000, but after $70,000 of medical expenses, he's walking and he's fine. So there's an extra $30,000 that who gets it? You might think that at the end of the day, the slave is the one who went through the pain. He should get the extra money. Nope. Now, okay, one last discussion, and then we'll end with this. That... 
if you remember, there's a shaila of whether it's considered a benefit to be a slave or to be a free man. Rav Meir feels it's better to be a slave. The Rabbanans say it's better to be a free man. And what is the area of contention? The area of contention is two parts. First of all, feeding him, right? Rav Meir says before he was being fed and now he's not being fed. So Rabbanan said, well, he doesn't have to be fed as a slave. That we've talked about over the last half. But then there's the second point, and that is Rav Meir said, if he is the slave of a Kayan, he gets to eat truma. Once he's free, he can't eat truma. So the Gemara says a discussion. The Gemara just quotes a discussion. Tanya, Amar Avalazar. Ravalazar says, Amar Nuloy Lameyer. I told, we told Mayer. It's interesting. They were friends. They were talking to Mayer. Rav Mayer. They were talking to Mayer. They said, Amar Nuloy Lameyer. We told Mayer. Halois Chosu Laevid. Right? Rav Mayer feels that it's better to be a free, uh, a slave. So we said, isn't it Chosu Laevid? She oitsa metachasi de rabbi lecheris. It's better to be free. So Amar Lanu, Chayvuloy. Mayer said back, no, it's better to be a slave. Sheim haya evad kayin paislim in a truma. Because when he's a slave, he gets truma. Now that he's free, he doesn't get truma. Omar okay, so he's, Rameir's making a point about truma. Omar we responded, you don't have to feed your slave. Okay, that doesn't make much sense. Again, there's two areas of contention. There's the payment and there's the truma. He said, it's better to be a slave because you get truma. And then they responded, you don't, they don't have to feed you. But it's like the wires got crossed. That, those are two different arguments that are not really... You understand? There's two different arguments being cross-wired. So again, there's two areas. The Shaila is, do you have to feed your slave in general? As we had it for the last daf. And then there's the thing is that he can eat truma. So he said, he can eat truma. If you free him, he can't eat truma. And they said, you don't have to feed your slave. <laughs> Those are not, the mamish like not talking to each other. So the Gemara says, "Ama ilu eved." So and then and then we responded, and, and then he responded, "Ilu eved koyin shebereach veishes koyin shemarda bayla haloy oichem betruma vezeni yochel." As long as he's a slave, he could eat truma even if he ran away. What what is happening? So the Gemara says. What is the discussion here? Like, what's what's missing here? So the Gemara says like this: This was the discussion. I mean, I'll just say it outside once, and then we'll go back there. We'll finish it off. Rav Meir feels it's better to be a slave. The Rabbanu say it's better to be a free man. Rav Meir says, "I'll tell you why it's better to be a slave. You get fed as a slave." You're not fed as a free man. The Rabbanu responded, as we just had over the last daf, you do not have to free the slave. Rav Meir then responded, good point, I hear you. You answered me about the feeding part. What about the truma part? So you'll say, And the answer is, what about a truma? And this is the argument. By feeding, right? You don't have to feed your slave. So therefore, there's really no difference between being a slave and a free man. So the mayor said, what about truma? So they said, you know what you could do? What, I won't give you truma anymore, right? I, I won't feed you truma. You're cut off, right? That's the whole point. You can cut off a slave. I'm going to cut him off. The answer is he could run away and still get truma. That's where mayor's point. If he sees that he's about to emancipate him, he can get on his bike and just keep going, go two states over, and continue eating truma. So it's not like feeding. Again, the Rabbanan feels it's better to be a free man. The Rabbanan says, no, it's better to be a slave. Why? Because you get fed. The Rabbanan said, you don't have to feed a slave. So the Rabbanan said, fine, what about truma? The Rabbanan said, so he won't feed them truma. The answer is, it's not a matter of whether he feeds them or not. He can take truma. 
without consent. He can get truma. He'll call you up. He'll be like, "Hey, remember me? I'm I'm a slave. I'm the slave of a kayan. Yeah, I remember you. Can I have your truma, please? Sure." He doesn't have to ask the master for permission. He doesn't have to receive it from him. He could make his own business of buying truma and eating it. It's not a business. It's consumption. He could buy and eat truma. As long as there's proof that he's a slave of a kayan, which he is. He is a slave. He was never freed. Again, he senses that he's going to be freed. Before he receives it, he takes off. And he can, and he can continue eating truma. That's why Ramey is saying it's better to be a slave. Because don't say you're going to cut him off. It's not up to cutting him off. I get to eat truma. As long as I'm a slave, I get to eat truma. And, and once you free me, I can't eat truma anymore. But the con can cut him off at any second. What do you mean? No, no, he can't. He has to give him the star. So he ran away so he doesn't have a star. Correct. So he's still a slave, which means he still gets truma. So he's like collecting money in 100%. It's brilliant. As long as people know, and by the way, he probably also has a document saying he's a slave of a Kayan, signed by Rabbanim, right? Because they probably had that. Because think about it, the slaves would often go to collect the truma to bring it back. The slaves would often go door to door collecting truma for the master. That was what they would do. So how would they know that they're a slave? They'd have a tuda that says, I'm a slave of Yoni Cohen. And uh, signed by uh, Rabbi Zekatinsky, and people would give it. And now the slave, the master wants to free him. He's like, I'll see ya, takes off, he gets free Truma, and even if he wants to pay, Truma was super cheap. So that's why Ramirez says, that's Ramirez's point. Better to be a slave, because at least much easier to make money. That's the point. Well, tomorrow we'll address the Rabbanan's response.